2022, all the cussing is approved. Please be advised. Hey y'all, I'm Jen. I'm from Oakland and I'm an androgynous, black, lesbian, feminist, and a lover of all black people. This is Darren. I'm an asexual novelist, researcher, and bona fide comic book fanatic from the widest part of Southern California. Orange County. We're queer millennials with three kids and nearly 20 years of marriage. This is a podcast about the realities of blackness, adulting, and relationships. This is That Black Couple. Oh my goodness. Oh, oh my God. Are we here? We done landed. Started from the bottom, now we here. <laughs> it's episode 33 of the season three of the Black Couple. We are in our angel episode. Yeah. We have a new logo. We have a new website. We have a new format. It's all new. It's brand new. Episode 33 is the rundown episode. We're talking about bell hooks, breakups, and blackness. Are y'all ready? I'm ready. I mean, it's the angel episode. We got all the threes. We got all the bees. <laughs> I'm I'm here. Let's do it. We, we done of, landed. A lot of alliteration on this episode. <laughs> and last episode, on episode 32, when we were closing out season two, we told y'all to grab some champagne. But honestly, I feel like I need to keep on hold of that bottle. Get that bottle of champagne. Get some Prosecco or some Cava, something bubbly and something to celebrate because we have so many great things going on. So have a seat. This is That Black Couple. I am Jen. I'm Darren. And before we get started, I need you to make sure that you're following us on Twitter and Instagram at that BLK couple and on Facebook at that black couple. Look us up on the internet at our new website that I jizzed up just recently. www.thatblackcouple.com. You can stream all of our episodes, all season one, all season two. And now season three hey. on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. Basically, any place you find a podcast, you can find us. Absolutely. And, and when you are listening to us, you got to give us all the praise. I mean, thumbs up. I mean, likes, subscribes, comments, dap, whatever <laughs> it is that that outlet lets you do, do that thing. Did you say dap? I said dap. You know what? Actually, I'll allow it. Yeah, I, I think it's valid. Yeah, I don't know how you dap a podcast, but however you do it, I want to see y'all do it's, that as well. It's 2022, and what did I say? Bigger, better, and blacker. Yeah. So now now there's dap. Dap us. <laughs> okay. So here's the thing. This is the rundown episode, and Darren, I think you should tell folks what that is. Can you let people know what this rundown episode will look like? Yeah, so the rundown episode, we're gonna try, and, we're gonna do one of these per month, and basically, it's gonna be a little bit more pop culture based, a little bit more um, in the now, as they say, mm-hmm. and it's really gonna be us talking through a lot of subjects all at once, a lot of things that are happening in the media all at once. So, um, you know, what you saw on the news, what was popping on TikTok that week. Um, you know, whatever the gossip was, whatever that is, we're going to be talking about all of those things in a little bit more quick um, discussions. However, we are still going to be talking about these things in context with greater issues like mm-hmm. blackness, mm-hmm. like massage noir, mm. like sexuality, Absolutely. relationships, all yes. the same things that you're used to getting from us. 
you're going to still be getting. Yes. With a little, you know, sprinkle pop culture here and there. And today, when we talk about bell hooks, breakups, and blackness, what we're talking about, not just bell hooks, but specifically we're talking about the ways that we've lost a lot of grades recently. A lot. All these things have been happening, and I think we should get started. Like, what's on our minds? This is the first segment, and in the rundown, we're going to start every single episode when we do a rundown with what's on our minds. What has been happening? What's going on in the world? What are we, what are we feeling right now? Darren, what are you feeling right now? Yeah, I mean, and the first thing I want to say is... This pandemic is not gone. Mm-hmm. She's still here. She is. She's still hanging out. Wait, why she got to be a she? I think she's a boy. Okay, he's still here. Omarion? Omarion is still here. Mm-hmm. He He's still sleeping on the couch. Mm-hmm. Can't kick him out. Mm-hmm. You know. Overstay I, his welcome. I want to throw him out like jazz. You know, just. You know, I want, but, he, but he's still here. He won't he's overstay his welcome, but he's still here. He's still here. But I want y'all to keep in mind that, that the pandemic, it is really a marathon. It is not a sprint. So don't lose your shit. Don't lose your mind. Don't dart, don't start acting out of your own character. Mm. Just hold yourself together. Keep it together. Day by day, we're going to mm. get through it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What else do you mind? Now, I say that to say <laughs> that mm-hmm. as I was perusing the internet, oh, no. and I, I'm, I'm pretty sure you probably heard about this story. Oh, no. I, the only thing I heard about was someone was, was saying something about a spitting pastor. Yes. And I was like, what I the- saw it on Facebook. What the pastor's doing this week. All my friends was like, if you spit in my face, I'm about to beat that pastor ass. I said, I don't need to know this story. I'm moving mm-hmm. on. Now, you, you said that to me, and I immediately thought, okay, it was probably a pastor who got caught up in the spirit, was talking a little bit too loud, the the lips were flapping a little bit too hard, and there were fleckles probably going out. Yeah. You know? But then I doubled back, and I mm-hmm. said, you know, let me see what actually happened. And I watched the video, mm-hmm. and the man took his time, mm-hmm. you know? He, he spit in his hand and he he mm. talked he talked you know, and more mm. you know and then then he cleared his throat and he you know he, he hawked up another loogie mm. into his hand again and I just thought mm. you sitting here preaching while holding a handful of this spit. Is, his name is Pastor Mike Todd yes his name is Pastor Mike Todd where is he actually he, over he, a church he preaches he is over the church oh he my is god. the head pastor oh my god at the Transformation Church out in Tulsa Oklahoma oh no and transformation i've seen i've seen pastors do a lot of things and and i i get where i get where pastor was coming from he was trying to get a message you get across. where this man was I, coming i from? get where he was coming from it was the application was incorrect okay mm. the follow-through was a misfire mm. but i i really understand where he was coming from mm. because he was trying the message that he was trying to get across is that you know you get you know god will give you a vision he will give you a path he'll, he'll give you a mission and sometimes it looks a little dirty. It looks a little nasty. And it might be something that you're like, I don't want to do that. It I, might have COVID in it. I might, just yeah, spit in it. COVID might be there. You know, it, there's there's trials and there's tribulations along the way. And you might not want to do the trials and the tribulations. He was, he, the message was there that, you know, sometimes you got to go through the dirt and, and the muck and the mire to get your blessing. I, mm. I get what he was trying to say. Mm, mm. The problem was he said all of that and then he dipped his fingers into his hand dear god on today and literally not not spit in the man's face he took the spit and rubbed it around on dear the man's god, face on today heavenly father bless and god i'm just gonna drop a quick trigger warning because i'm gonna go into the details a little bit so if, oh, but do i have to sit here for this too you're here or oh you know just god. just tune it out you know you know just just go into I'm your gonna, happy I'm place i'm gonna meditate yes meditate on on joy mm. And so he rubbed it in his face, and I think he actually did it twice. Mm. And then 
there was it, it was so nasty and so thick. Oh my god! That that there was actually like like a a, a mucus spit. There's no meditation for this. That was that was hanging from the man's mouth, mm. and the man actually had to reach up and remove it because Holy it was that disgusting. Father God. And like I, like I said, I say all that to say we're in a pandemic. Don't act out your character. Be be mindful. The fuck mindful. is going on in Tulsa, Oklahoma? I don't I don't know. He. I, he could have he could have smashed an egg in the man's face. He could have thrown some dust on him. He could have you know Mm-mm. got some paint, Mm-mm. some watercolors. Mm-mm. You know the, the message would have been the same. The message would have been received. We didn't Mm-mm. we didn't have to do this bit. Mm-mm. You know. Mm-mm. So so don't lose yourself as we go through this pandemic. Like I said, it's a marathon. Don't let nobody put no handful of loogies mm. on your face. Listen, if it's not sexual. Okay, if it's not a kink for you, if we're not talking about a kink and a play party and some BDSM stuff, I don't want to hear it. Now, let's let's be clear. It it appeared to me that the man did consent to this. Like like this was a planned thing that he knew was coming. I appreciate like the it consent. was scripted. I appreciate the consent, but what I don't appreciate is that this was in a religious forum and that there was footage. Mm. My God, this man is gonna have his face with spit on it for the rest of his black life. I would rather have a sex tape than a spit tape. <laughs> Wouldn't you? I would rather I would rather have a sex tape than a spit tape. I I concur with you. I think I would rather I would have rather a spit tape. A sex tape. A, 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 I would, yeah, I would rather have a sex tape than a spit tape. Yeah. Um, I want to know if y'all feel the same way, so let us know. Let us you, know how y'all feel about that. Let's the spit or the, the sex. sex. Hey, it could be I'm, it could even be sex with spit. But what it's not gonna yeah. be is I'm at church in my suit and I came in today to get a verse and some chorus and a nigga spit a loogie in my mouth and I had to pull off the strings. That's never gonna be Mm-mm. me. It's never gonna be me. I will beat your ass. Mm-mm. Pastor Mike Todd, no. I will run you the spade. <laughs> in Jesus' name. Okay, let's let's talk about something a little bit. Lighter, a little bit lighter, a little bit better, a little bit more. Because Lord enjoyable. God, my 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 heart. Okay. Oof. So the other big thing that's popping right now, mm-hmm. um, the singer Money Long, mm-hmm. she got this song called Hours and Hours, which I thought was about sex. Well, I mean, it's it's partially about sex. But my friend was like, "Not really, girl. She talking about talking for a long time. She talking about talking, but she." But the innuendo is there. Okay, it's a very strong innuendo. When she when she talking about thunder showers, she not talking about the weather outside. It could be okay. like thunderous voices, like the, loud the thunderclap of your song mm, of your this voice. Ain't, this ain't boys and men on bended knee where you got you know water droplets running down the window. It's like panes. thunderclap like that. Thunderclap. No. 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 Not no. that kind. You didn't have to look at me like that. We're not. Mm. It was valid. My look was valid. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so yeah, so she got the song called Hours and Hours. Yes. And honestly, Money Long, she really, really smart. And yes. she said, I'm gonna I'm gonna make an hours and hours challenge. I'm gonna yes. put it on TikTok. Yes. And then her her song shot straight up to number one. I've heard this. And the song is great. It's, I love it's this very song. Very listenable. Yeah. Um, but the thing I wanna bring to the forefront, just to make sure people are aware, is Money Long is not someone who just popped up today and just had some instant you know, TikTok success. Yes. Money Long has been in the game for decades. Yes. Um, way back in the day, her name, her official real name is Priscilla Renee. Mm-hmm. She started out of her house making YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. She got super popular on YouTube. 
She went to Hollywood. She got a record deal. She wrote songs for all your top artists. Mm -hmm. The one that comes to mind to me first is California King Bed by Rihanna. Priscilla Renee wrote that way. Really? So she got she got long money. She got long money. That's why her name Money Long. Yeah, that's why her name Money Long. She got long money. She got that production money. She got that. She got that producer money. money. No. Yeah, she, she got, got that vocal credits. money. Yeah, she she, she made, got that. She my name it. is on multiple parts of the inside of your CD case money. Mm-hmm. Interesting. She got she got the legalese money. Yeah, she got the, the, the white people check, right? at the record label know me by name money. Yes, she got that she, money she on got, money on she money. She got publishing money. Right, mm-hmm. she got that money so, money. And I say all that to say, you know, I feel like a lot of times in today's society. We look at people and they're like, and someone's new, and you go, "Oh my God, they're so great! Ooh, I want to, I want to pop like that. I just want to go do that one thing that one time, and then mm-hmm. be like, boom, at top of my game." Priscilla Renee been in the game. She mm-hmm. has been invested. She has been honing her craft. She has been doing this for a long time. She knows exactly what she's doing. She mm-hmm. has the business acumen. She understands the record labels. She understands how this can industry I, can works. Can I pause you for one second? Yes. I need y'all to know out there in the world who are listening to this that this man is from anaheim california he is from orange county but when this man talks about music business he hunches his shoulders up he puts his right fist inside of his left hand and he moves over the top of this microphone like he is spitting bars like he is biggie like he is tupac like he is Nas, like he is jay-z and i need y'all to know that i can't articulate what that looks like but i want y'all to know that he is very black and right now he looks very black. <laughs> I'm very black. You are very black. But I, but I also know my shit too. You I'm know your lie. shit. Go I, ahead. You know I've I've talk been in the industry bro. for a little bit. Just yeah. a little tiny, yeah. yeah, tiny yeah, bit yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah, I've seen how yeah, it works. Yeah. I've seen the movers talk and the shit. shakers talk and the players. Talk your shit. Talk your shit, bro. And I know how this shit go. And and the shit is hard. Mm-hmm. And for for you to be someone like Money Long to be in this game for this long and to have continued success like mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. it is not easy. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to take a moment. And spotlight money long and her hours and I like hours. that. And not just the hours and hours, but her whole career. Her whole career. I like that. And Give so her let's hours. and so let's let's say that for money long, but also for everyone else. Like, I like it. The overnight success thing is not normal. Mm-hmm. It's very rare. It don't happen often. And so as we all want to embark on our own careers and do things ourselves, remember you gotta be invested. Mm-hmm. And it might not pop day one, it might not pop year one mm-hmm. or year five. Shit or year ten. Or you're 10. Mm-hmm. But you got to do that long game if you're really trying to have that success. I like that. We should tell Mike Todd that to stop spitting people's faces. He <laughs> needs to get some nasty. Okay. Now, you all money long and pass it, Mike Todd. I, on the other hand, have done something very out of character for me. I have been watching television series. Mm. Yeah, and y'all don't know. She don't She don't like TV. She I don't. likes movies. I like movies. Not I like TV. movies. Television shows stress me out. You watch them every episode. The same shit happens. It's just different people. I don't like it. It takes too long to get to the end. I get overwhelmed. I don't like when I can't stream that shit. No, absolutely not. I hate when I have to wait for another episode to come in the next week. Why? Why do I have to wait? I'm a Virgo. I'm not waiting for shit. Okay? Okay. Now, what I will say is that the, the pandemic, the quarantine has stretched me on this because... I need to watch television, right? So when Euphoria came out a few years ago, and everyone's like, oh my God, oh my God, Zendaya's on the show and it's so good. I was like, fuck y'all nigga, she likes skin. I don't care. I'll never <laughs> watch it. <laughs> so you right now, it's never gonna happen. <laughs> Bitch, it happened, okay? It happened, okay? It happened, it happened, okay? How, how long did it take you to get through season one? 
um maybe half an hour i don't know i mm. watched it so fast <laughs> i could not stop watching euphoria a few weeks ago i turned it on i was like what the fuck everybody talking about okay the new season about to come out whatever girl i guess i'll watch it fine and you know everyone said the same thing when i saw atlanta and i was a late arrival to atlanta because i don't like donald glover and that one did not pop for me but euphoria okay when I tell you, when I tell you, when I tell you that Zendaya, who's also from Oakland, we don't all the way claim her because she didn't really kick it in the black, black parts, but you know, she's from Oakland, okay? mm-hmm. her daddy black, okay? But when I tell you how that show pops, okay, there's something about the way it's written, the way it's thought through. It's very intentional. It's very thoughtful. It has a lot of questions about gender and sexuality and how we think about drug use and who counts as criminal. But also, like, them white people on that show out they mind, bro. I love a show with crazy white people. I love a show, first of all, with white-on-white crime, mm. okay? My favorite genre of film is the white-on-white crime genre just just chef's kiss and it and it's interdisciplinary in terms of its approach right so it could be a western it could be a thriller it could be a horror it could be a psychological film but my favorite genre is white on white crime euphoria gives you so many variants of white on white crime you know and i haven't watched it yet and i've been very skeptical because I watched like the first 10 minutes and I was like, I don't, I'm lost and I don't see it. But now that you are highlighting the white on white oh my crime God. violence. Oh, oh. And it's just, it's just peak. Okay. It's top shelf. You know what I'm saying? And there is a young man on that show. There's a young gentleman. He is white. And I'm not going to give any spoilers, but I'm going to tell you right now. I believe this nigga. This nigga is supposed to be a drug dealer. I believe this man has never been out the game in his life. I believe that nigga was born into the game. I believe this boy. I don't know where he came from. I don't know where Zendaya found him. I don't even believe that he had to audition for the role. I think he just was already doing it. And they said, hey, you, hey, 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 we want to do a biopic on you. Would you like to be in the film? (laughs) Would you like to be on our show? Because you're already doing it. And we'd like to just create this whole story around you, actually. When you watch Euphoria, you'll know who I'm talking about. So... I personally would like to say, as a Virgo, on behalf of the Virgos who can stretch themselves, the healed Virgos, I was able to stretch myself and watch a show. First of all, I don't like shows. Second, that was made by a light skin. Okay. Third, that features a hell of a lot of white people. Okay. And that's been on my mind because I I love this show. I didn't. I, I. I did not understand. Hey. I didn't. Hey. Know why you would want to start watching the show? I it? love it, and now it's on like actual weekly, and it's driving me out of my mind because I have to actually wait for a new episode to come on, and I literally lay there in the bed trying to play them, and then I realize that I cannot play them, so I just watch the same episode over every again. week. Every week. Every week. I watch it three times in a row. And you know what? I don't give a fuck. That shit is amazing. It's beautiful. Niggas be walking on ceilings and shit. Niggas are shot perfectly. The lighting is beautiful. They be looking greasy. When they supposed to look greasy, they be looking moisturized. When they supposed to look moisturized, I'm just like, what is this? Who did this? Who's responsible? Oh, it's Zendaya. It's Zendaya. It's Zendaya. That's, That's one right. thing I will say. She really keep her shit that tight. That girl. That girl. She talented, bro. 
She talented, bro. She, she don't be around no fuckers. She don't. She don't hurt. Uh, listen, hey, hey, hey. You come from Oakland. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Our light skin's made different. <laughs> okay? Our light skin's made different. And just to make sure you, I clarify here, I'm not talking about Kamala because she's not from Oakland. Okay? <laughs> okay. All right. Just to make sure we understand that. Now, what else has been on my mind? I have not stopped listening to the fucking songs from the Terrell One Million show. Mm. I've been listening to them for months. That shit came on last year. Can, and you, can you give some background for those who might not know what you're talking so about? So, again, in true Virgo form, I don't give a fuck what people like, and I intentionally don't like them because I don't want to like people's other things, and I like my own shit. So when Terrell show came out, I was like, you trying to tell me y'all watching a show with some boy on YouTube, and I'm supposed to watch it because why? And I did not watch that shit. I did not watch it. I was like, no. For years. For years. For years, for years, for years, and I was fine. I did just fine in my life. I was successful. Everything was fine. My skin was moisturized, and I was still cute. However, I watch it now, and I love that fucking show. (laughs) And the One Million Show came on at the end of last year, and it had Duran Bernard, it had Simone, it had my boo-boo Avery on there, and like they're just so beautiful. Amber Riley's always on there. Always. And you know, it's just it's one of those things I think for me where I really like what Terrell has done because, you know, also <clears throat> he's a Virgo. Um, but I also really appreciate what he has done with his platform because he has been one hundred percent himself. He has been 100% consistent and he has also made a space for other people to do so, right? When people come on his show, they're awkward, they're goofy, they sing how they want to sing, they dress how they want to dress, they do what they want to do. Homie be having their wigs slipping up and down their heads. You know what I'm saying? Like they actually be who they are. And I think that, you know, in certain ways, when you think about what that show does and the fact that it had kind of meager beginnings on YouTube, Mm -hmm. you know, it gave a lot of folks permission to trace, to chase their dreams and to be uh, fully in their bodies and to trust their own self-knowing, right? And I think that one million show and seeing how extravagant it was and how beautiful it was and seeing these these black folk, queer folk, you know, all types of body to folk, folk from all over the country, all over the world, singing these songs that are from our generation. You know, we're millennials. They're singing Bonnie Raitt. They're singing 702. They're singing all these Whitney Houston songs. And, you know, they're singing songs that we know that we grew up on. And it felt culturally like a moment. Yeah, it was. It felt like a cultural moment. Like, you know, we remember when YouTube came out. You know what I'm saying? Like, our kids will never know the concept of of YouTube coming out or, like, Twitter coming out, right? Like, they just know these things to exist. Facebook for them is just a thing. Social media for them is just a thing. But we remember these things coming out. And Terrell has hit one million followers on YouTube, a, a, a platform that for us, like, innovated a whole generation like we can see each other now we can load videos you know what i'm saying like it was a whole thing and i think for me um having that happen at the end of such an awful awful year yeah you know it was such a celebratory moment it was like okay like black and queer folk is still out here really winning and doing it and looking so fine and that's what was that's one thing i would say was really dope about that is like we watched it on the live stream yes we we 
you know, we streamed it on our TV. Yes. And we were like sitting on it was it was like it was a whole it was a whole thing. Experience. It was a you whole know, it wasn't thing. like we were, you know, huddled around a laptop or watching it on our no. phones. Like we it was like, you know everybody was was live tweeting it, you know what I'm saying? Like everybody's like, Did you see Terrell show? Did you see Terrell show? Did you see Terrell show? And I just think I think that there's something very special about especially when it's like despite these very tragic and like kind of dark moments when black folk come together and win together. You know what I'm saying? Terrell has made sure that as he's continued to win, that he brings all his friends, all his folks with him. And he doesn't want to win alone. I love the fuck out of that. So if Terrell ever listens to this, just know you're my cousin. And I already told everyone that we're cousins, so we can't be changed now. Don't tell nobody we're not cousins because we are now. This podcast is supported by generous donations from our patrons and listeners. Become a supporter today by heading to www.patreon.com slash colorcombosmedia. You can stream the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. When you listen, please consider hitting that heart button, sharing, giving us a five-star rating, and leaving some dope comments. This helps us with our paid drinkings and gets more listeners for the show. Thank you so much. All right, so let's move into celebrity stuff. Celebrity stuff. Celebrity stuff. Is that the name of the? Is that the name no, of the segment? This is not a segment. Celebrity it's, stuff. That's just what we're talking about today. So here's the thing: like a lot of really tragic and sad things have happened, and that includes things like divorces, right? And I want to be clear here, like. I don't want to sound like an asshole, okay? Divorce is very sad. Yeah, it is. It can be very, very, very sad. Um, but I, 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 I hold celebrity divorces in a different type of light, in a different type of frame, right? So recently, Megan Good and Devon Franklin um, were divorced after nine years of marriage. They're, well, they're not divorced yet. They okay. announced that they They announced a divorce after nine years of marriage. And I feel very complexly about this, right? Like... Devon, okay, so we went to USC. We, we, you and I met at a school in LA. We've seen Megan Good in person. We've bumped into Layla Ali. Devon Franklin went to our school. People who we know know him. Like, you know, so it, it's a little bit different for us. But I think what I, what I'm taking from this is a little bit different from some people who have no proximity to these people. And for me, I always had an issue with their relationship. Because making good first of fucking all is fucking gorgeous, right? Like stunning, talented, amazing, beautiful. Um, has been acting since she was a child and is a very accomplished person, you know? Mm-hmm. And what has always bothered me about the Devon Franklin and making good, you know, whatever is that it has always seemed to me from the outside looking in. And again, I don't talk about people's relationships because it's not my business. But it's always seemed to me that p- other people's opinions about them were rooted in massage noir. Mm-hmm. It was always rooted in this analysis of Megan as if she was falling short and that she was not going to be able to keep him. And I'm like, bro, is he going to be able to keep her? Hey. Because she is bad as fuck. Like, she is bad as fuck. And if we're being honest, that seems like it would be harder work yeah. for him to keep her. You know it what I'm saying? should be. He seemed mad boring. And if I'm being honest, he don't look like he give good dick or a good head. So I'm like, if you're making good and you look like that, 
and you have this career and you've achieved all these dreams of yours and you could literally have any gender of person that you want across the world and you're with Devon Franklin and most of us only know his name now because you're getting divorced. Was it an issue of her keeping him or was it an issue of him keeping her? I will say this. Like you said, I don't like to talk about anyone's relationship, especially like what goes on between them and all that stuff, because we don't know. We're not mm-hmm. in that relationship. Mm-hmm. But, but what I will say now that they are going through this divorce, the way it looks to me as someone on the outside looking in, mm-hmm. it looks like the person who decided to make this move mm-hmm. was making. Right. That's that's the sentiment I'm getting from how right. people are moving. Um, apparently she just had a jersey on that said, Miss Good if you're nasty. I saw. So I I, I feel like this is a situation where she is taking she power. She's a freak, bro. She a freak, bro. Yeah, she I mean, she to me, to me <laughs> seem like someone who kind of a freak. But also like she wants to live her life, right? Like yeah. and this is the thing and I've always said this, like, be young, be fine, be moisturized, be out, go to the beach, go live your life. Like, you know, this whole thing, this whole church culture of like somehow you don't you don't get to be sexual, you don't get to be pretty, you don't get to be, you know, your skin can't show and your arms can't be out and oh my god, look at her shoulders. Bitch, what the fuck is going on in church? You got niggas spitting on people's faces and can't nobody have shoulders. You know what I'm saying? Like this is fucking strange. Shoulders are actually fucking joints, people. They're fucking joints. They just connect your fucking arm to your fucking back. Okay? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's just fucking weird shit. And I just honestly feel like when we have these conversations, it just feels so trite to me. You know, the judgments of Megan over the years have always got on my fucking nerves because niggas are saying shit about dresses. Bitch, she on a red carpet. The fuck you gonna wear? A fucking three-piece church suit with a fucking Easter hat? And I've always felt like the judgments and the, the... The tenor of which people talk about making good has always been different. Mm-hmm. And um, we, we can't help but see that that's rooted in the fact that she's a black woman. Right. She's a black woman. She's um, she's thin. You know, she has, you know, she's very shapely. Mm-hmm. And I think. I mean, for a very petite, very yeah. skinny person. I mean, let's be clear here. Yeah. She is very shapely for Hollywood, which means she's probably a size zero. Yes. Yes. And and when you think about black women in Hollywood, you don't really see people with her body shape. Mm-hmm. You see people that are older. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't really see someone like her in with this much fame and success. Mm-hmm. And I think the path that she walks, and like I said, watching it over the years has been kind of hard. I just feel like it's a very difficult path because I feel like people always want to undermine her. Correct. And they always want to sell her short. Correct. And they always want to typecast her and put her in smaller roles and make her not be the face of something, not mm-hmm. be the lead of, of, a, of a movie or a play or whatever it is. And I think it's because of her appearance. Correct. That people want to literally shove her ass in a box. Mm-hmm. And I think her whole career has really basically been I, I'm more than, than that. that. And I feel like this marriage to me, the way she's moving now feels like she's doing that same exact mm-hmm. thing. Of, I'm more, more than, than just some dude's wife. wife. Right? right. I'm a whole person. And if I'm not allowed to be the whole person, then I need to move 
right. in a different way. It reminds me so much of Janet Mock talking about pretty privilege when she talked about how people see her and and objectify and you know categorize and want her to perform beauty and want her to perform basicness because of how she looks. And it absolutely is a thing, you know? And I speak about this as a person who I've never considered myself as traditionally pretty. I'm a six foot four inch tall, dark skinned woman with a fat ass and weird kneecaps. And I walk funny and I'm clumsy and I got hella tattoos. I think I look like an alien. However, since I turned 35, people think I'm cute. Cool. Got it. But what irritates the fuck out of me is like, bitch, I'm still a whole damn doctor. Like I'm a whole ass doctor. I'm a mother. I'm an organizer. I write books. I sing. I do pottery. I paint, you know? And the ways that people will essentially deny you the access to your own self. Oh, you can't do that with those things, you know. You can't possibly be good at them. Oh, don't worry yourself. I'm like, wow, it's 2022 and we're still out here on this fuckery, mm-hmm. you know? And I just feel like I'm really actually very happy for Megan. And I feel bad because everyone's like, oh, divorce. And I'm like, yeah, well, mm, she seemed like she good. She's she's in a really good place in her career. She got a a hit show. Harlem is doing great. People love that show. Mm -hmm. Like, I think she's doing great. And in a few years, we will not remember that man's name. I had to look it up to do this episode. I had to Mm. look it up during the episode. Yikes. Moving on. (laughs) Lisa Bonet and Jason Momoa. This This one I think is interesting because... People have talked about their relationship for so long, and the way they've usually framed it is, what kind of magic does Lisa Bonet have? Good night. Right? They're like, how did she get Jason Momoa? And before that, Good night. She, had, uh, Lenny Kravitz. she had Lenny Kravitz. How, what, what is she doing? What, what kind of bedroom antics? Let me tell you right now. What kind of uh, hoodoo Let or voodoo? Let me tell you right now. That don't sound like nothing but light skin worship. Okay? Lisa Bonet is interesting enough. Okay, like I get it. Okay, mm, okay. Zoe Kravitz is a mini version of Lisa Bonet. I don't get the obsession. They both look like Lenny Kravitz to me. They both, they they all look like the same person. Lenny, Lisa, and Zoe are to me the same person. Just light skin with different lengths of locks and hair. And like, that's fine. If that's your aesthetic or whatever. But let's not, you know, let's not overdo it. I, Lisa Bonet is not serving, oh my God, sex goddess. Oh my God, she's just putting it on these niggas. Okay, let's be clear here. Jason Momoa, okay, he's cute and everything, but he mad corny. I love this man. I love this man. I love this man. I love this man. But can't nobody play the roles that he has played in the ways that he has played them without being super mad corny. It's true. Like Ciara and what's his name? Russell, uh, Russell Wilson yeah. are just a different variant of Lisa Bonet and Jason mm-hmm. Momoa, right? Like, no shade. Like, it's perfectly fine. But what we're not going to do is be like, oh my God, Lisa Bonet. Mm. We're not doing it, boo. Boo. She got her start on Cosby Show. Stop it right I, now. It's it's actually really strange to me. I, I always thought they were actually a really good couple. They seem fine. And it's not, and, and, and to me, it was never about like, ooh, they're just so sexy and they just are so into each other. To me, it was like personality wise, all these niggas, Lenny Kravitz, mm-hmm. um, Lisa Bonet, Jason Momoa, they all seem hella fucking laid back. Yeah. They all seem like people that would go sit on a couch and smoke weed on all the beach. day together right. on yeah. a beach. Drink a beer. You know, smoke a hookah. Right. You know, they just seem like real chill ass people. And I'm sure they all just get along hella well. Right. And honestly, Lisa Bonet don't strike me as somebody who really needs to stay married. 
that's what it comes off to me. Oh. Like she seemed, I'm gonna be real with you. She seemed mad queer to me, mad queer. I've never thought she was straight. Every time I see her with a man, I'm like, okay, girl, I don't believe it. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. I think she's gay. And I honestly think that she just wants to live her fucking life, which is perfectly fine. And I think Momoa will be fine. I don't think that they care that much. I think that everyone else cares more than them. Yeah, I didn't read the whole announcement, but their announcement was so flowery. And it was basically like some kind of shit like, oh, we love each other and we've been squeezed by society and the and the perils of living in this world. And, <laughs> you know, like, it's not like, oh, I hate that nigga. And, no, and, they're and fine. I'm going to his car tomorrow. No, they're they, fine. These people are fine. They're and I, fine. And I think that's the other thing to always remember about these Hollywood marriages. I mean, these are people that are so obscenely rich and the lifestyles of the right. rich are so ridiculous. Like, if they get divorced, they're like, oh, no. Oh, no. But, like... They got other shit popping. I still have access to all the possible people in the world who'd ever want to date me. Oh, no. Yeah, they, they, They're they not like, lacking. They're fine. I mean, think think about um, Lisa Bonet. She she went from Lenny Kravitz to Jason Momoa. She's right. fine. And she'll go to somebody else. Ideally, a woman. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's, let's be a little bit more serious now. Okay. A little tiny bit more serious. Right. So... As we talk about transitions, uh, yeah. one thing I do want to highlight is we, we have lost a lot of so celebrities. So many people. In a very short time. For so us to be so people. early in 2022. Yes. Um, we lost Bell Hooks. Yeah, man. We lost Bell Hooks, y'all. Yeah, man. We lost Sidney Poitier. Betty White. We lost Andre Leon Talley. Bob Saget. I mean, these people are legends. Legends. The the mark that these people have left Teach on. not on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Forever, like for so long, these people have done so much. They have literally shaped the world. Shaped the world. They have shaped the minds yep. of millions and millions of people. Yep. They are instrumental in in how so much of the world looks and functions today. Yeah. And to lose all of these people so quickly. Yeah. I think it highlights honestly what the world is feeling. I feel like that's how everyone at home feels right now. Is there's just people that are yeah. just disappearing. But I day. think that's something we're gonna have to prepare ourselves for too, right? I mean, I think I was thinking about it analytically. I was like, why are there so many losses happening in this particular generation, right? The people that we all we listed just now are all from a particular generation and older, right? And I'm like, obviously we're going through COVID right now. And obviously we're dealing with the pandemic and all of that and the global health crisis and what that means in terms of isolation and all those things. But what we're also dealing with is the fact that the baby boomers were the largest generation of people that we had had in the world, in, in you know the history of us being here until millennials. Yeah. And so what we're going to experience is we're going to experience these mass losses, and it will probably continue for the next few years. You know what I'm saying? And I hadn't been thinking about it that way until like we started having those like multiple passing away of folks that we really admire on the same day. And I was like, what is going on? You know, but like these folks are 70 and older. These people, these folks are 65 and older. These folks have lived long lives in most instances. And then they haven't, they live very difficult lives where they've had to struggle quite a bit just to get the recognition and the affirmation and the admiration that they deserve. I think a lot about bell hooks and how early on in her career as a feminist, she faced so much like antagonism and an opposition from other black people. You know what I'm saying? It was black people, namely black men, who were running her, you know, off the stages and telling her that her feminism wasn't real. 
You know what I'm saying? Her and Alice Walker had to hold up the banner for, for womanism and for black feminism just to show like it's actually a real thing. And like our lives actually matter. You know, there's a reason why she retired and just went and lived to live in Kentucky to mind her black business. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? She's tired. She sure. was tired, but she kept her deep, her deep and connected relationships to folks like, you know, to him and it's like Beverly Guy Sheftall, who knew her her whole life, right? She had these deep and lasting connections, but she also was very much insulated from the violence of the world. And I just really have been reflecting on that when I think about, especially our black elders who have been passing recently in the ways that a lot of them have, have kind of just removed themselves from the mainstream and from society because it's just so violent toward them. It's just so harmful toward them. I think a lot about our uh, ancestors, you know, the Audre Lords of the world, the James Baldwins, the, the the Harriet Tubmans, right? Who a lot of them, W.B. Du Bois, right? People who uh, left the country, mm-hmm. who were like, I'm fucking done with this shit, right? Like who found ways to actually release themselves from this entire societal kind of anti-black white supremacist uh, ecosystem so that they could live their lives in ways that were authentic and true to who they were so you know it is quite quite sad and i do i do sit with the loss um in a very particular way but i also feel like wow i'm just really grateful that they were here you know when we were on this earth i think a lot about Toni morrison and the fact that we actually walked the earth while she was here I know, it's wild. And like Angela Davis is still here. And I'm just like, oh God, protect her at all costs, you know? But also when she's ready, you know, to be done, we got to release her. You know what I'm saying? That's the other part that I think that we have a responsibility to as folks who survive our elders and ancestors, you know? Part of our responsibility is to say, you know, when they've done their work, we got to let them go. Niggas was like, oh my God, Betty White, oh my God, she passed away. How could this happen? I'm like, bro, she was almost 100 years old. Yeah, she, she was like, wasn't it days before? Days before her 100th birthday. And I'm like, yeah, it is sad, right? It is sad. But also, she lived a long, full she, life. She lived a long, full life. And she was working in Hollywood yeah. for her entire, entire life. adult life. Entire adult life. That's phenomenal. That is phenomenal. That is amazing. And so I think I really kind of want people, especially in this COVID moment, to start thinking about ways to like, you know, reframe the deaths and the passings and the transitions of folks who have lived these full lives, you know what I'm saying? Folks who are upwards in age, who have these major life accomplishments and just spend more time just being grateful and like sharing in the breath and the moment and the feel of what it means to be present with them when they're here. You know what I'm saying? Like we got to just spend more time being present with them when they're here so that when they transition we don't feel like something was torn away you know what i'm saying i had a friend the other day she was saying like that she hadn't read bell hooks's work until after she died and she said she called it a different kind of mourning and i was like that's exactly what it is yeah you know it's a different kind of mourning because we don't typically respect our elders like we should we don't honor old folk like we should and then they pass and we have this loss because we're like, we don't know what we don't know. Like, we don't know what we missed. We don't know what questions we didn't ask. We don't know what pictures we didn't take. We don't know what, how much time we didn't spend, what we could have learned. And I think for me, like, you know, in this first rundown episode, we talked about a lot of stuff. But we started off at like, you know, don't don't be outside of your character. Don't let this pandemic take you up out of your character. And I think that 
bringing it full circle to this moment, we're talking about bell hooks in particular, but also with all of these losses, you know, make sure that you sit in your character when it comes to like respecting your folks too, right? Yes. Make sure that you sit in your character and that you have ethics and that you have like integrity and that you have a rootedness in understanding that these people birthed you, brought you here, carried you and it's but by the grace of god and by their their uh, moxie and ambition that you get to walk here and be here and breathe here and eat here and learn and you know what i'm saying like we are nothing if not the 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 fruit of the work of our ancestors you can find my mom and dad aka that black couple on the web at thatblackcouple.com that black couple is owned and operated by color combos media if you would like to help fund our content, sign up at www.patreon.com slash video. Please consider giving us 5 or $10 per month to help us build our platform and grow our organization. You can also give one-time donations at www.paypal.me slash media. All donations are welcome. And we're back. And we're back. It was fun during this rundown episode. It was, but it's so strange. I feel like I'm gonna have to adjust to it. Yeah, we, you know, we we like to sit and just wax poetic for hours. We really shit. do, mostly you. Okay, mostly <laughs> me. But you are the academic. You know, you can talk. I'm an academic, but you are too. You, you can run a lecture. We know you're this. You're also an academic because <laughs> you're in grad school, my friend. I am. I am. I'm, I'm. I'm academic. You're leaning. getting an MFA. <laughs> you gotta own it now. <laughs> you got no choice, nigga. So let's talk about That's this true. last part. Yeah. Let folks know what's coming up next, Aaron. What's coming up next? Yeah. So our next episode, we are we are going to do. It's called "How to Move as a Healing Black Person in 2022." Mm. Mm, mm, mm. And I think mm-hmm. it's a really great way to start the year to talk about this and the the core. I think the real foundation of how to move in 2022, if you are a healing black person, mm-hmm. is boundaries boundaries we're talking about boundaries on the next episode the next episode is about boundaries and and really the way that we came to it is it was really tragic we actually just today um we we all discovered that regina king lost her son yeah um lost her son to suicide Mm -hmm. and it's terribly sad hearing that um and I, i just I know we were talking about it and we were just thinking about how important it is that we all take care of ourselves mm-hmm. and that we ourselves and that we all take care of each other. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the most vital ways of taking care of both ourselves and others at the same time is having healthy boundaries. Absolutely. Setting them, making them known. Flexing them mugs. Flexing them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that, that builds healthy relationships. Absolutely. And one thing I've learned is that, you know, there are a lot of times where those of us who have dealt with a lot of trauma, who have dealt with a lot of hurt, um, who, you know, our early lessons in love were painful or violent uh, because of our family, our parents, our friends, um, our, our first lovers. You know, we are sometimes desensitized to the ways that our boundaries have been crossed and the ways that we have stopped listening to our inner self, our inner child. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna dig in. We're gonna dig all the way. This in. is one of our deep dive episodes. This is one of our deep dive. So we we are allowing ourselves mm-hmm. to go in mm-hmm. all the way in. All the way. It's gonna be rough, but we're good. And I can't wait to do it. Me either, friend. Can we do a high five?
Thank y'all for listening. Before you go, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ThatBLKCouple, on Facebook at ThatBlackCouple, and look us up on the internets at www.ThatBlackCouple.com. Bye! Yeah.